Hello everybody, we're back, Raps on TV, reporting fresh out of London, talking all the best things in boxing. Uh, slightly quieter weekend uh, in terms of the sport, so we had Jacobs take on Arias in a um, challenge which was Matra making their debut in the USA, so we had Eddie Hearn over there. Uh, we also have Matt w- Miller versus Watch, which was a heavyweight clash, uh, we're going to dissect that later, and also dive into the Frampton return, which will be making his debut on the Frank Warren Show. As a special guest this week, we also have Jarrell Miller, fresh off his victory. So we're looking forward to talking to him about the heavyweights, who he's got his eye on and what he hopes to happen next. And hopefully when we see him over in the UK. So we're going to hand over to my co-host. And, you know, to really achieve that, you know, to achieve that, you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be knocking at people <coughs> like Arise a lot quicker. And I think, you know, you're going to be beating the likes of Golovkin and Canelo to get that superstar status. You know, how mm. how, how else could we possibly... I mean, a lot of talk position. saying he, he should fight Charlo next. What do you think yeah. about that? I think that's a brilliant fight. I think that's a brilliant fight. And yeah. I was going to say, I think that's the problem for him is that he's a level above most of the other contenders mm. outside of Charlo. Mm. So it's hard for him to build up a reputation if he's just cleaning these guys out who are good, but albeit a level below him. But to be fair, if he can get good... I mean, I think the key thing is getting knockout victories because if he can get knockout victories, um, then uh, that would obviously raise his profile. I think he's got a good ratio at the moment, but if he can add a few names similar names in terms of opponents of Colano and Golovkin that could be interesting um, Hearn making his debut into the America's Matchroom show what do you guys think about it you think you've got the right appeal do you think big networks are going to start looking at them and think okay this is something that we want to be a part of 100% I think I think most of the promoters or broadcasters out there can clearly see Hearn is a clever clever guy he clearly knows how to market a fighter he clearly knows to build up a fight you know, he can take, listen, in all intents and purposes, if you look at a Bellew Hay fight, you know, when it's got an injured guy and you've got mm. Cruiserweight move up to here, but most box, you know, so hardcore fans, if it wasn't marketed right, wouldn't buy into it. But it's the way it's packaged and marketed, they make it to a super fight almost. I think it's right? the needle between them as well, though, yeah, to be fair. Right. But what I'm trying to say is he can do it. You know, this guy does it. He can, he can, you know, he creates interest. Mm. And, you know, you can already see he's, he's setting out his strategy. For example, with Deontay Wilder, he will make comments like, Deontay Wilder shouldn't have to do so much promoting himself. He's using up a lot of energy himself, promoting mm. himself. That's the role mm. of the promoter, mm. right? Now, I think when he does that, he's really throwing a stick out there to other fighters think, you know what, he's got a point. Why am I out there screaming and shouting and trying to create a character for myself when the mm. promoter should be doing that? What am I paying them for, right? Mm. So he's clearly seen there's a market there. Clearly, he can replicate the model that he's got in the UK over there. For example, making the home fighter fight in his hometown, you know, building up their profile, you know, using marketing tools to build up the fighter's profile. To the, you know, I mean, he made a comment recently. He says, I'm astonished how Deontay Wilder isn't a well-known figure in the US. You know, he's a heavyweight champion, knocking out people regularly. Big guy. Why don't America know him, right? And that's really down to promotion as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, you don't get the kind of donkey kind of promoters with Mike Tyson. So and I this, think this also, I think this also take it a bit of salt. Eddie isn't the savior that you're making him out to be. I think at the end of the day, yeah, we know he should be a bigger name. Um, but I think things are changing overall. For me, I think Eddie Hearn going into America is very attractive for any middle range boxer in the, it, those guys that are probably stuck with. They're with Heyman. They're with Golden Boy. They're with Aram. Those guys that want to break through. I think Hearn is actually the best option because what you get there is somebody that's prepared to take a chance on you. So you're a promoter that needs to build his American stable. You've also then got access to the UK market. And 
you know, we're going to speak to Baby Miller shortly and I'm pretty certain he would probably be overawed that, do you know what, now I've got a direct link into the European market, a guy that's going to sell me very well and I've got a couple of fights that can make me look good. Mm. It's my opportunity to be a big star here. So for me, Eddie Hearn is really, it's a no-brainer if you're an American boxer wanting to take yourself to the next level and you're not getting picked. But yeah, I completely agree. I think it was a su- successful first show. It picked up a lot of traction. Mm. You know, seeing it on social media everywhere. You don't normally, obviously, it's because it is Hearn, but it, it was very relevant over here. You mm. were hearing all about it. I think the key with Hearn is that he's his interaction on social media because with all these other promoters, he sort of set the precedent. Now they're slowly starting to be mm. more more sort of visible, more like uh I think they don't connected. talk as much. I think exactly. I think it's the difference. I, I will say, because look, we interviewed Debella and we haven't interviewed Eddie Hearn yet. So I think yeah. to say that other promoters aren't fair, aren't ready to give the exposure, I think it's probably unfair. No, I don't think, no, I think he interacts more with the general public. So yeah. I think people feel more connected. They feel more like they know what's going on. Which, people, yeah, and that is a fair people point. People like to feel like they yeah. know what's happening behind the scenes. And he I think definitely he gives, gives a lot. people that access. He definitely gives a lot. That's why he's become so popular. Um, but I would say, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting how he builds his operation. You know, he's talking about having an operation lead out there, building the marketing, the social, me- social media strategy. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I think, to be fair, you know, if they're prepared to be aggressive... I don't see why they can't be a, a massive success over there, to be frank, um, because for me, there's a, quite a few fighters, if you look at even from the Olympic ranks in the US, that nobody's giving them the chance. And I think Eddie Hearn, again, has got a, has got a good uh, package to offer. You know, the only person who, who I think can and does, to a lot of extent, replicate what uh, Matchroom does, you might not like this, but it's Oscar De La Hoya from Golden Boy. Yeah, right? he does do that, yeah. Right? I mean... He has been responsible. I mean, look, you've got to bear in mind, right? Oscar De La Hoya was the original golden boy. Mm. He was the original superstar boxer, mm-hmm. right? Agreed? Yeah. yeah. He was. He was the original superstar. You know, then Floyd sort of took his mantle. So this guy's been through. He knows it. And he'd done it with Canelo. I remember Canelo when he's fighting Hatton and, you know, he's fighting on Floyd's undercard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wasn't a superstar then. He was still coming through. But, you know, he's taken him through that way through the right mark and he's done it. And you know what? Oscar De La Hoya does make all these comments. You know, he threw it with Deontay Wilder recently. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, I could have made you mm. just... Even though he managed Deontay yeah. Wilder for the yeah. most of his career, though. Yeah. It's <laughs> so a bit silly to say. I think, I think the thing is, for me, with Oscar, I always, again, he's another one of those guys, take what he says with a pinch of salt because, yeah. believe me, he will come around yeah. and just say the complete opposite. But and I'll right. give you that example. For me, Canelo, maybe it's easy to say, but I think it's fairly easy to market Canelo. In my opinion, um, Mexican, so the Mexicans are going to be behind him. It's quite unique in his in his look. And he started fighting from an early age and had a good story. So you're right. They definitely drawed upon that and got him in front of the right guys early into his career. Um, but I wouldn't say he's a, he's followed a blueprint. I don't know. I think Hearn, to be fair, is unique in what he's done because you look at matchroom events and he makes them event. He makes yeah. them nights out as well. So... I think the key so for Hearn sustaining his success over there is I think he needs another big superstar, to yeah. be honest, because if Jacobs Maybe can't get the big fight, yeah. then you know he needs someone who's going to be in big fights now, keeping the attention yeah. on the match. And Maybe USA even brand. more. So in terms of the fights, uh, Miller obviously performed against Watch. Um, what do you guys think? He extended his record unbeaten, stopped uh, uh, an awkward guy. What, what would you guys think? I mean, I, I, I want to say it was a brilliant performance. He had to do, <coughs> I think that might have been more to do with Marius Wax, you know. Um, I don't think someone like Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, would particularly be feel threatened by what they saw. Um, 
uh, to me, it just looked like he had to get the job done. To be honest, you know, nothing, nothing, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no I'd agree. I think he took a few too many unnecessary punches in there, mm. but uh, it's impressive for his. You know, he's obviously a heavy heavyweight, and he does throw a lot of punches. So I do think that's impressive. I think. I do think he could cause people trouble late on in fights because yeah. he can clearly sustain it and being so heavy, he's a force on his competitors. Exactly. So. I mean, I will say for me, for his in terms of the number that you think he weighed in, well, over 280 pounds, for me, he's he's mobile. He was more mobile than I thought he would be. Um, he's consistent in terms of he doesn't actually let off. I've, what I found interesting, well, he was always trying to at least hunt Wax down and mm. be on him on his chest he coming in with same with Washington as right? well right so he's got that style which I think is definitely if you're not on your not even say A game but if you're not on your B game I think he could embarrass you because he won't you won't be able to stop his rhythm I think once he starts to flow and he's letting off the uppercuts and he's throwing to the body I think he becomes a little bit more of a difficult fighter to um to be, to beat do I think he's going to really measure him with the likes of Wilder Joshua I think is unlikely um, obviously everything's too soon to say but I think it's going to be unlikely purely because I think those guys what they've got in their favour is power speed and a little, and more mobility um, so it'll be interesting to see where he gets to um, I think a fight with Dillian White would be perfect if I'm being honest yeah, that would be a massive fight if we could get that yeah I'd love to see that fight they're both big talkers I think yeah. the build up would be great it'd be perfect for him to come over build his name up exactly. over here I, th- I think you know it makes complete sense there's no there's nobody better for Dillian White to fight on yeah. February the 3rd, which is the date they keep saying is booked, than yeah. Gerald Miller. Good, good, good. So, guys, keep talking. I want to try and dial in um, Miller's Miller's people. Okay. Did you watch, did you, what, did you watch the Liam Smith-Williams fight, Tom? Yeah, I watched Liam Smith-Williams fight. I was a bit disappointed. Uh, it was a bit of a tactical... It was very tactical compared to the first fight, which was sort of like a rough and tough, yeah, yeah. you know, who's the who's got more of the brute strength and willpower. Yeah. It was quite tentative. They both were a lot more respectful of each other. Mm. And uh, the, uh, it was quite a lot of controversy over the points, the commentary, which was interesting. I thought that... Do you think it was a bit biased towards Smith? I do think it was biased towards Smith, but I do think he Smith won. He came like that, you know. Like, yeah. It just seemed like, even when Williams was doing really good work... Yeah. They would. They wouldn't really acknowledge it, which was odd because you saw him connecting with clean punches. Yes. Hello. Hold on, I'm getting Joel. Hold on, here he is. Thank you very much. So, guys, we've got 20 and all, 18 KOs, big maybe Miller from America joining in live on Raps on TV. He's just being summoned, so we've got to be patient with these big, big names. Did you guys want to keep talking about the Smith Williams? Yeah, I mean, do you feel Williams was? Um, holding back a bit to preserve his stamina in this fight. I do think he I was. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly yeah. what happened. And the whole, you know, Smith, I mean, Williams had his whole success by starting fast. They obviously worked against he him in the end. Really but well, though, he right? boxed really well. He yeah. came out fast and he completely yeah. caught Smith on guard in that first fight. And although he didn't need to overdo it quite like that, but I think that, he needed that, to be that, a lot did, more did, aggressive. Did it in, in touches in this fight as well. Yeah. I will be... If he's give him a minute, he's just getting it. Just give him one quick second. No problem, thanks. Yeah, 
Yes, me you're speaking to Kojo. How you doing, Alvina? Thank you very much for the opportunity. No problem. We appreciate it. And I just want to say thanks for, for working with us and um, and, and obviously introducing uh, Jarrell to, to the UK market. Alvin, I think it'll be good for our listeners to know a bit about you. I think you're a female in the media game, in the boxing, sports industry, making waves. So do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, my name is Alvina Austin. I've been in media for about 20 years. And um, I decided to step away on faith to help um, athletes, especially athletes of color, get a get a get ahead. Unfortunately, many of our athletes, especially in the you know in the brown community, they don't have the opportunity to have um, the equal playing field after the sport. Um, they don't have opportunities. Um, they don't have a team of people that can guide them and make decisions and help them monetize their brand. For me, growing up in the inner city, it was also like that for me. But I've been blessed to um, do what I've uh, been doing and working in media uh, on several networks. And I stepped away about nine years ago to run more media and to help, you know, all all, all people, not just people uh, of brown and black communities, but all people, CEOs and, you know, athletes monetize their brand. Because as you know, in America, they say the NFL stands for not for long. So I, you know, and um, I helped several NFL athletes and NBA and, and Burrell was so gracious to give me opportunity to work with him full time as to helping other boxers because it's not just what they do in the ring or on the field, but it's most important for them to have opportunities after their respective disciplines so that they can create long-term wealth, long-term possibilities for their families and for themselves. And that's where my passion lies and helping them become uh, role models and build brands for themselves where they can have a stable outcome after this sport. No, that sounds really good. And I uh, wish you all the best and uh, keep inspiring, <laughs> keep motivating. Um, look forward to having more conversation with you. And, of course, when you're over in the UK, uh, we'll, 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 we'll speak some more. Thank you for the opportunity for Jarrell. Jarrell is brilliant inside the ring and outside. So Perfect. I think he is ready. Perfect. Mr. Look Miller, are you ready? Yeah. Hello. Joel, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. All right. Have a great interview. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye. Bye, Avina. Mr. Miller. Hey, how you guys doing? We're not too bad. It's Kojo speaking. Raps on TV. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, looking forward to talking boxing with you. Um, and obviously, congratulations on 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 a on a good win uh, over the weekend. Um, I was I was obviously I was looking at your Instagram, your online, and you commented that you weren't too impressed with the performance. Um, do you want to maybe just elaborate what you were not that impressed with? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my movement, you know, my you know my left hand has been going through some, uh, you know, bumps and bruises. You know, I gotta have like a spike surgery on a growth spur that happened my elbow. Uh, this wasn't sharp the way I want, that I trained for. I think I kind of overtrained for this part a little bit. You know, I'm trying to please the media a little bit and bringing the weight down and, you know, not doing as much, not doing no weight training for this fight, trying to try a different path. But, you know, uh, you know, fighting is learning experience. And, uh, you know, I still got to stop as quick as anybody did. And I was still beating them up, you know. But I wasn't able to put the combination in the power shot that I wanted to. But you can see that I threw 300 more punches than he did and uh 
either way, we're still, we're still a, it was a good fight, but not what I wanted it to be. No problem. Well, okay. So, uh, 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 Gerald, thank you very much for coming to the show. My name is NM. I'm uh, Kojo's partner here. Uh, congratulations on the win, regardless of how you thought you performed. You came in lighter than in your previous fights. Do you think that worked to your advantage? No, actually, I do not think it worked to my advantage. I think if it was 296 where I was in the same shape and size as I was in the last fight, uh, I definitely would have stopped walking a little more earlier than I did in this fight. Um, but like I said, you know, the learning experience, you know, anybody that knows me and knows my fighting style know I wasn't 100%. They can see I wasn't 100% in that fight. So um, they can take what they want to take from it, but I guarantee ain't nobody still calling, my, calling me out. And uh, it's only going to get better. Thanks very much, Jarrell. It's Tom here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, that was your first fight with Eddie Hearn. How did that link up first come about? And uh, is that something that you hope to pursue in future? Keep working together? Yeah, I mean, um, it, w it was pretty cool. And I mean, I have no complaints. I mean, everything was pretty, was ran pretty smoothly. It was uh, in a timely fashion. You know, um, you know, his team was very respectful. HBO was very respectful. It was fun to do. So, uh, yeah, I don't see, I don't see a problem not working with uh, HBO. Uh, the bigger kind of things. And did you notice anything different competing on the first match from USA show compared to the normal events you featured on in the past? Did, get one more time? did you notice any difference competing on the on a match from card as opposed to some of the events you featured on in the past? Um, I think they're a little more organized with certain things. Uh, I mean, I, I think they were very... Uh, I think it was a little more entertaining, I guess, being around the, the team and you know what what they had to offer and things they had to say, how they promoted the fight. Um, you know, Eddie's definitely more uh, definitely a hands-on trainer, uh, it, it, a hands-on promoter. I mean, uh, it, it was the whole way around it was a, it was a good event, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to the next one. Hi there. So, uh, so yeah, just a quick one in terms of um. You, you spoke about obviously where you would like to uh, improve and your, your performance that you wasn't the aspects of your performance you wasn't happy with. Um, what do you feel you learned fighting a, a guy like Watch? You know, it's very awkward. Few guys get to look good against him. He's tall, long rangey, um, doesn't really give powerful shots, um, but he's somebody that stayed in, in front of you. What do you feel you've learned fighting that kind of an opponent? And what would you take into your next fight? Um, I think the main thing is this, you know. Going back to the jab, um, you know, not really exhausting myself in training per se. You know, the bigger guys, I feel like, even though I'm shorter than a lot of some of these guys, I think my size and width and, and the pressure that I have is still the most dominating force in the heavyweight division at this point. You know, I gotta trust. I gotta trust myself. You know, like I'm always have. You know, uh, kind of gave him to what people kind of wanted, and I kind of gave him a brief look at. You know, this is what y'all want me to get lighter, but it's lighter. It's not always better, you know. Small is not always better. And I'm just a naturally just a big guy, you know. You know, like on some like on the, some of the other heavyweights that turn pro when they're smaller, when they when they turn pro smaller, all of a sudden they're they're 250, 54 pounds, uh, you know, rock solid muscle, you know, and don't go natural. I'm just different, you know. I'm just a natural big guy, and uh, I'm just gonna be, you know, what I'm meant to be. Yeah, Jarrell, uh, uh, a guy in uh, Dillian White would be an obvious fight for the, U, in the for you in the UK. You both got very very similar characters. You, you're both very charismatic, very very loud, and it obviously create a lot of interest. 
is obviously with Matchroom. Is that a fight you'd like to pursue in the UK to build up your UK profile? I am most chance came about now, next, do you think you're ready for him? At this exact moment, no. I feel like I need to go back to John Boy. I need a couple months, you know, three, four months really to get everything back to where I wanted to be at. But I know for a fact my condition is still better than his. My movement is still better than his. And uh, my punch output is way better than his. You know what I mean? So uh, I have no doubt in my mind to beat him, but I want to, I want to, I want to, like, just demolish him. You know what I mean? You know, so I'm 100%. When that when that day comes, you know. So I feel like it's gonna come the right time. It's gonna come the right time. They know that we're not gonna take any last minute fights. You know, what I mean, we're gonna do it the right way, and I'm making sure I'm going 100. percent So, assuming it is Dillian White next, uh, yeah. how do you rate him as a fighter? What do you think? What do you think special about him? Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing I've seen about Dillian White. I know he's gritty. He fights a little dirty when he when he has to be, but he's still a wild man. He doesn't really move very well. Um, not really a crazy power puncher. Um, you know, I think we've seen the best of Dylan White, really. You know what I mean? You haven't seen the best of the game because you know, a lot of people see him move a lot and inspired. I show different angles. Just touch, 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 pop, pop. Like, I do a lot of different things in the ring, you know? And I had to adjust on the fly because of my left elbow wasn't 100% power. My shoulder power wasn't 100% power tonight. But like I said, only going to get better is, uh, you know, on the neck. And, uh, um, and baby, just for our, for our listeners, obviously, um, as you will be aware, you were on Sky Sports, uh, Sky Sports 1 over the weekend. So, obviously, the second card um, on the night. So, they would have got to see you, the watch you over the highlights and all the repeats. Um, one of the things that I, th- I think would be good is maybe if you just talk a little bit about your history of how you became a boxer, how you got into the boxing world. Um, because the one thing I will say as a compliment is I, I noticed you were able to do some switch hitting. And for a big guy, it was... Quite rare we get to see that in the heavyweight. So I could see that you have a bit of intelligence. You spoke about your punch output. Um, I felt that was pretty good. And again, you were very consistent and on Watch's chest. So do you want to just talk about your education of boxing and how you got into the game? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, um, I was actually a kickboxer first. And, uh, you know, I've always watched Mike Tyson as a kid growing up. And I always knew more in the box, you know. And uh, I remember the first time I actually... Actually, Mike Tyson had uh, rented uh, in a pay-per-view that bought on a pay-per-view. And uh, I was like, wow, man. I'm gonna... My mom had dropped me off my front house. They kicked in a VHS because they didn't get a chance to watch it the night before. And I walked in the room. And I'm like, hey, you guys didn't watch this fight? He knocked out. Tyson knocked him out. So everybody was so pissed. But I just came in the room, like, you know, just shut up. Like, everybody was so mad that, you know, 
how the hell? No, but I always was in love with, with Mike because I'm like, yo, how he got everybody's attention around the TV when he fought, and I kind of want to do the exact same thing. And um, you know, as I got older, I was, you know, I played football, uh, played a little basketball, a little basketball, but you know, something about fighting always made me want to be part of it. You know, and I end up actually was you know a young kid, you know, mischievous, and I took a bicycle from one part of town, driving to other part of town, and um, mm. as I was riding this bicycle that wasn't mine. I seen this beautiful blonde woman in this window, and I'm like, "Holy crap, man, she's gorgeous!" You know, I'm like, you know, and she looked at me, and she's like, "Come inside." I'm like, "She's calling me inside." I'm like, "I'm dropping oh, bicycle." I'm like, she's like, she's like, she's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I said, "Nothing." I'm driving my bike. She's like, "Hey, listen, we're having a kickboxing event here later. If if you want to come in and um check it out, I'll let you win." I'm like, "Okay, cool, no problem." So I drive back to my bicycle and I go on the other side of town where I live at in Queens, and um. I told my mom, I'm like, hey, my lady invited me to a kickboxing. You know, I want to come go check it out. She's like, okay, just behave yourself and uh, don't get no trouble. Of course, I jumped back on the bike I just took from somebody, <laughs> go back another side of town. And um, he was like a 74-pound, like, Trinidad and kid. Like, he was really skinny. He ended up beating the hell out of this other kid who had like 40 pounds on And just that day, if he could do it, I could do it, you know? Uh, I used to always get in trouble for fighting and causing mischief in school, but, you know, jumping in the ring and, you know, being able to punch somebody and not get in trouble was, like, the best thing ever. I had so much build-up anger growing up, you know. And, uh, you know, my stepfather was abusive, and uh, my mom was, you know, my mom was a single mom for a while, but, you know, it, it was rough. You know, ground was rough, you know, but, mm. uh, you know, my outlet, my outlet was definitely kickboxing. And eventually, um, I actually got to a fight with one of the instructors I got to a call with, a call with one of the instructors in my kickboxing school. So me and him got to like altercation where, you know, he was higher ranked than I was. So, you know, I was like on a two week suspension for fighting with him inside the school, inside the dojo. So instead of me sitting home and not doing nothing, I actually trained from Queens to Brooklyn to Gleason's gym. And that's where I met my, uh, you know, my trainer, Harry Kite at the time. And, uh, you know, you got some talented kids that stick with it. So, ever since that day, I never left boxing after that. You know, I just kind of stuck with it. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. That transition. So which which route do you yeah. prefer going down, Jarrell? You want to go down the WBC route and meet Deontay eventually, or down the WBA IBF route and face AJ? Or the WBO with or, Parker? Or with Parker. And at what point do you feel you're going to be ready for a title shot? I could be ready for a title shot within three to four months. There's no problem. I could be any one of those guys. I have no problem fighting any one of those guys. And I'm not trying to say, but like I said, the sanction of bodies there is they're so political and whatever promoter they favor and who they're working with and where the most money is at. Like, it's just nuts. And so I'm trying to say, so I don't know exactly where we're going to go at this point right now. Be ready and, you know, not, not, not too far off from any kind of shit where, you know, we can be ready in a couple of weeks time for any one of those guys. Uh, the, the people to first either be a, a Joseph Parker, or Dylan White and a Joseph Parker, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, AJ, uh, you know, Deontay White, I mean, Deontay, Deontay Wilder, you know, he made adamant that he's, he's chasing AJ for money. AJ's not too adamant about fighting him. So, you know, any one of those guys, I think, is going to, you know, definitely a matter of time and probably in the mandatory position. Do you see Do you see Wilder and Joshua as the, number, the clear number two at the moment outside of yourself or... Do you think someone like Joseph Parker or even a Tyson Fury returning could be put into that mix? 
Yeah, I think Tyson, you know, when Tyson comes back, get himself one or two wins, he'll definitely be right back in the mix, you know. That's not, that's not even a mistake. That's not even a question, you know. The bad thing is a matter of time. But like I said, you know, um, I can't be worried about those guys. I'm really worried about myself and see, you know, where I, where I get myself in the position and become a mandatory, you know. Um, like I said, I think it's definitely going to happen as soon as this, you know, being ready and being uh, strategic in the movements and um, what we say and what we're doing and how to get done. And and Joe, just go back in. Just going back one question. You said um you made a comment saying you feel AJ's not adamant on the Wilder fight. W- why would you say that? What in the yeah? Because you can see that his energy, his body language, the things he says in interviews, and you know he he he's remember he's making a ton of money fighting in England. Uh, and he's comfortable in that spot. Like you know he said it before. You know every time he switches up, like when people start getting on him, he starts switching up his his tone of language. You know before. When he was, he didn't look so good against Dylan White, even though he beat Dylan White. Oh, we're not ready to fight the Americans right now, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, the last minute fight when Charles Martin called him out, you know, they took that, they took, they took that Charles Martin fight, you know, and then beating Charles Martin. And Charles Martin wasn't even in the damn fight anyway. But, you know, he say one thing, but it's just another day, you know. So before he was saying, no, I'm not trying to fight De- De- Deontay White, Deontay Wilder right now, blah, blah, blah. Not that everybody's giving him, you know, steam for that now. Oh, it's going to happen. Then on 2018 or whatever. I mean, so it's like, you know, you can tell when somebody's really forcing him to say certain things and take the tone of his language. You know, if he was his own boss, his real man, and really had the heart and the cojones, you know, it's going to happen. That's next. So it's going to lose the date. It's going to want to happen or whatever, whatever. So, like I said, you got to read the body language and understand how these guys are talking. So, I mean, Drew, you know you're known, obviously, for for um, being quite vocal um, where you're making your way up, which is fair to say you've been calling guys out. I mean, what do you make of the approach that AJ say, listen, we're going to do our talking in the ring um, and we're not necessarily going to build it up and maybe be so vocal. I mean, f- from your point of view, um, how, is, if, how do you want to see a champion? Do you want to see a champion be meek or would you rather a champion be vocal and express their opinions on the game? I mean, he's going to express his opinions in the game, I mean, somebody pulling all the strings. But real champions, how it is? Yeah, sorry, Gerald, you're it cut out. Yeah. You cut out a little bit, Gerald. Oh, I said a lot of a real champion is going to express himself in the outside the ring. You're gonna you're gonna say say things in a respectful manner and keep it moving. You know, but a lot of guys only talk smack outside because they're afraid yeah. that they will actually. Uh, you know, live up to the hype when they get in the ring. So some guys just stay quiet and, you know, live, live that kind of routine. You know, but a real champ is going to do it in the outside. Real champs don't do smack talk, coach. Yeah, That's right. what he's trying Fair to say. Point. Fair yeah. point. That's what he's saying about Joshua. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, saying. Gerald, basically, you know, we've seen a lot of videos. We're going into other people's gyms and, you know, you're taking them. If you had to give a message to any of the top boxers right now, who what would you say to them? Listen. Hey, cool, I'm glad you got... Call one of them out, on our show. Say it again? Cool, cool. Can you, if you were to call out one of these fighters on our show, what would you say? I would call every, every one of you. <laughs> and, 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 but just on that, um, I mean, are, are there any of the UK heavyweights that you've kind of, you, you're aware of, you've taken note of? You know, we've got guys like Daniel Dubois, Joy Joe's recently made his debut... Huey Fury is obviously around, even though he lost to Parker. I mean, are there is there anybody you've kind of got your eye on that you think would be a good sort of introduction to the UK crowd if, if the fight could be made? I think Dylan White. I think Dylan White is the is the most 
was um, the biggest fight to be made at this point. I was going to get a title shot to introduce some UK fans. But I guarantee you, I, I would not be Dylan White to sell you. you know, I have no doubt in my mind I'd be Dylan White Mm. We look forward. To, I mean, do you think I would like to hear that? Yeah, I mean, being <laughs> stable mates is that a conversation you've had with Eddie Hearn? Because obviously you're both part of Matchroom. Um, did you speak to Eddie Hearn about getting fights against stable mates? Is that an issue? Is you know, Lou or Ortiz was previously yeah, with Matchroom. Um, like, yeah, I think. I mean, you know, like I said before, you know, Eddie Hearn is trying to put his cash cows in different little teams and trying to make money, you know, trying to get them in the right side against Barman. I mean, so, like I said, the main thing is being vocal. I can, I can, I can always express my opinion, but like I said, that's his fighter then the I'm my own boss. I can fight who I want to fight if they're up to the challenge. So I'm trying to say nobody tell me what to do, but on the other side, Dillian White got to listen to his top hand. It is what it is. If it is to be Dillian White, uh, is it assumed that you have to come over to the UK or would you want to have that fight in America? I mean, and Dylan White fight, I mean, whatever makes sense at this point. You know, I don't mind going to England if everything is right, the paperwork's right, the money's right. I don't mind making a move. Um, I think the UK fans definitely need to see Up Baby up front. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I'm still an American guy, and uh, I want the American fans to really get to know Big Baby and what's coming. And have you have you ever sparred in the UK or Europe or, or obviously never fought? Have you ever fought? Have you ever been over this side of the, 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 the pond at all and trained? Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I've trained. I spoke with uh, Tyson Fury. I spoke with Vladimir Pitchko. Um, what fights were they for? And, uh, they, I, I, I uh, fought in Croatia in the group of K1 and kickboxing. I've definitely been in Europe. You know, I mean, some parts of Europe are definitely fun than fun, fun places than others. When you were sparring, um, um, when you were sparring, sorry, when you were sparring, uh, Fury, what fight was that leading up to, and what impressed you most about Fury? Uh, I think it was a, it was a fight that he was fighting a guy from in Canada. Okay. I forgot who he was fighting in Canada. It was a fight he was getting ready for in, in Canada. Yeah. So uh, it was just a little while ago. And what impressed but, uh, you with with Tyson Fury? Um. So, so Big Duty moves pretty well, and he, he is pretty active. Um, but, you know, I had, I had no problem with, with Fury at the time. You know what I mean? And I, I remember I had sparred uh, Huey, too. You know, Huey couldn't hit me with a handful of right. You know, but he was still young at the time. You okay. know what I mean? But uh, that's it, you know. If I fall Huey now, I'm not come out two times. Gerald, so. <laughs> <laughs> tell us where the name, name Big Baby comes from, number one. And number two, what would it mean to you to finally win a, a world title? Um, number one, uh, who was, uh, I guess, uh, Letty Commission over here. And, um, my nickname was actually King Kong or, or Killer Miller at the time when I was younger. And he said, you know, now nah, you're going to be the heavyweight champ of the world. You're going to be known as no big monkey. So I was like, okay, what, what, what suggestion do you have? He came on big baby. Of course, I didn't like it at first. Yeah. But, you know, I had got a first round knockout and all the girls were screaming, oh my God, go big baby, big baby. So I was yeah. like, shoot, if the girls like it, I guess yeah. I got to like it. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's the most important <laughs> thing, yeah? That's Killer most, Miller. Killer Miller. <laughs> <laughs> we might resurrect yeah, yeah, that. We're going to so resurrect that over in the UK. I think yeah. the fans will like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, man, listen, yeah. Jarrell, uh, just while we've got you, so in terms of like fighters coming out of the US, um, what can you, can you tell us about any young prospects that you've got your eye on, or anybody that's impressed you of late? Um, the only person really that 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 they even have my eye, but only heavy that really helps me out. The one that's going to cause problems with my boy Adam Kowanaki, who's from Poland. You know, uh, you know, great pressure, uh, pressure, pressure fire. Those as much punches as I do, 
goes to the body very well, has a great chin. Um, you're going to cause a problem for a lot of people, you know. So, um, like I said, man, we, other than him right now, I don't really, I haven't seen him too much other yeah. prospects open it up. Let me tell you firsthand, you know, but. Uh, Perfect. No. We're, we're here, man, and we're coming. Perfect. No, so listen, Joel, thank you very much for your time. It's been a really great and informative interview. Um, before you go, do you want to just shout out your social media, your, your Instagram, your Twitter? Yeah, man. So, you know, guys, hey, you get a chance, man, go follow your boy, Big Baby Miller, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, B-I-G-B-A-B-Y-M-I-L-L-E-R. Listen, boy, like Mike Tyson, like Vidic Broly, like Shannon Briggs, you're going to love Big Baby. Come, come. Love that. We love that. And listen, um, uh, baby, once we once the show's live, we'll definitely uh make sure we tweet you and share it with you. So if you could share for us, that would be perfect. Thank you for being on the show. Right. Yeah, thanks very Cheers. much. Take yeah, care. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. That's big baby Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Newest signing to Eddie Hearn's matchroom stable. Uh coming in in the heavyweight division. Somebody that is looking to get a fight with Dillian White. Um I think that'll be a very interesting fight if they can make that happen, as we saw there. Smack talk. That's going to be a massive fight in the UK if that happens. You know, two ex kickboxers, one two hundred and ninety pound fighter versus how heavy is Dylan White, mate? You mate? Must be at least be two forty, yeah, maybe at least. Yeah, just smashing each other in the ring. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. So no one's gonna to want to take a step back. Oh, uh, just hope not. Um, listen, it's definitely hope not. Um, oh, Dillian. Dillian White might try his back off, back <laughs> off the box foot, but I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that'll work for him. I think I he'll really revert don't. to. I think that could end up being like a maybe even a higher class version of the White Chisora fight, mm. possibly. You know, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, a that's a good shot. And yeah. I think it's a good. It's a good opportunity for Jarrell uh, Miller to kind of show what he wants to do in the boxing world. Because at the end of the day, if he wants to beat Dillian White by a stoppage. Um, or outclass him. Well, what's that? It's Dillian White's second defeat. Um, Dillian White's been titled as the guy in terms of number one manager on the WBC. Yeah. So I think that does a lot for his credentials. Will he get the fight? I have to say it's unlikely because if you're mandatory, they're going to have to give him a lot of step aside potentially. And I don't think the J AJ fight's happening now. So for me, um, I think Miller may just have to wait a little bit of time I think, for that. I think he, if he fights White and gets that mandatory position, if... Joshua, for some reason, isn't fighting Wilder next. If mm. Joshua fights Hay, or if Joshua, you know, yeah. Joshua's got another big opponent. Joshua mm -hmm. fights Parker. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Wilder Miller matchup. It's, yeah. I think it actually more depend on if Hearn and Miller want to take that rather than build up a bit more. Yeah, and possibly. That's I mean, a good I point, think th I think the Parker fight for him is perfectly winnable. Mm. I don't think Parker. Yeah, will, I think Parker's not gonna. There's not enough money in that fight for Parker to take the risk. Wouldn't take it. So it has to be one of the two big boys, really. Yeah. So, so no, it's gonna be interesting. So in other news, boxing, boxing news. Um, Tom, happy Joe G Day. You're looking at me like, what the what the fuck? So listen, basically, um, Paul, Paul, Paul from the team sent a message this morning, basically saying if you want a good laugh, uh, go into Twitter online and type in happy uh, Joe G day and I was thinking what the fuck is that about and literally it's Joe Gallagher getting ripped now I can't work out if it's his birthday can't even work out what his fascination is with him and dogs there is, yeah, there's some, there's some but going it's on there, literally it? gone viral it's online so those of you in the boxing world make sure you check it out uh, it's been really interesting other good thing for me that I saw this weekend was uh, videos from Tyson Fury on his Instagram page yeah. looking a bit sharp quick, look, looking quite good in terms of footwork and the jab obviously he needs to lose a lot of weight but gave you a it's bit of hope I don't know what you felt like what did you feel it's starting to come off slowly I yeah. think 
I think it's certain that he'll come back. I I don't think he's gonna. Sh- he may shed the weight. He's. I don't think he'll be the same fighter. Yeah. I think he's a great personality. I think whatever fight he has is a massive fight. Mm. Even if it is coming back to, against a small knockover opponent, I still think he's a massive name. Thing is, I think he's Joshua. the only thing is, and and I do I get what you. I totally get that, but I just don't think he's a Wembley Stadium name if it's not. A no, not, Joshua not, or a Klitschko. Yeah. So no, I mean, but I do think he fills out the Manchester O2, Arena. O2, exactly. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would have said. O2 Manchester Arena, I think 100%. And you know what? I had this random thought and I thought, you know what? If he actually came back, a return fight about against Klitschko would actually be one of the most interesting. Now you might, I know everyone's going to say no, no, but it's retirement. A lot of boxers retire and come back. Klitschko facing a Fury isn't the same fear factor of facing a Joshua in terms of getting pounded. Maybe the physical element wouldn't be the same. It's going to be a tactical fight. For Fury, there's also positives because he's fighting Klitschko. He's kind of got the beat him of him already. Mm. So I don't know because I just see Fury and we saw the same with Billy Joe Saunders. I think if you give them fights that they're up for and they're motivated for, I think you get the best out of them. I think if it's any in between, yeah. I think their yeah, performance dips. So I don't there's, know. It's whether the matchmakers are Hennessy. Um, there's been lots of rumors about Shannon Briggs for that fight. For that fight, exactly. So I mean, that I think type that's, of that's pay per view. You know, the it build up be. between those two, that would definitely be paid. There you go. You know, and it shouldn't you know, be. God knows what I said in the build up to <laughs> That's that what part. I mean. And it, and it really, when you think about it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't but be, but, you know, the we've had scenarios, worse. We've exactly. Had worse, the scenarios yeah. we've had worse, and I think the circumstances. And I could see Fury coming back for four big fights, if I'm being honest with you. I really could see it. Three or four big fights. So, um, and it's all about the payday with the, with him. So, mm. I think that was good to see. Um, this weekend, we see the return of Carl Frampton. Um, he's making yeah. his debut now. He signed with uh, Frank Warren. Yeah. Um, I mean, his opponent Garcia looks good, undefeated. What do you think? I think it'll be an easy win for Frank. I think it'll it? be a bit like the opponent they had him before, who the one who mysteriously Mr. fell and then yeah, got yeah, yeah. He, that was the say he got beaten by Abner Mares. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. I think, yeah. I think he's brought in. He's got a nice record. It's a bit like Arius. He's got a nice record. Yeah, he's, he's not. Got an, it's, oh, he's not a yeah. knockover job, but he's on a you know Frampton's an elite fighter. Yeah, possibly not. You know, be an unpopular opinion, but possibly not as elite as people often make him out to be. Mm. But I think, yeah, it's an easy win for Frampton. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to say, um, I think I, I can't see why Warren would even put him in with a massively difficult yeah, fight. I think makes no it's sense. a fight that will be entertaining. I think it's a fight that um, we'll get to see a bit of, you know, the technical side of Frampton and allow mm. him to show off his skill set. Yeah. But again, I don't see it being a fight that is really going to be troubled with. Um, I think we need to start seeing some good matchups in 2018 within that division. You've yeah. got too many guys there that aren't really doing much. Um, and I think that needs to change. I think that I'll, I'll be concerned about Frampton against in a rematch with Santa Cruz. I think he'd lose in, in, a, in the trilogy fight to Santa Cruz. I think yeah. Santa Cruz worked him out. And, mm. you know, Frampton put on an amazing performance in the first fight but I, mean, I think that Santa Cruz you know they were all the build up was front, that Santa Cruz isn't going to be able to do anything different Santa Cruz came in there and yeah. completely outclassed Frampton on the night exactly and I think that's where people forget I think to be honest I think it's still a 50-50 I think the two guys um, going into it everything was all about Santa Cruz and Frampton Rose I think Frampton let the hype get to his head mm. and then it was the other way round and um uh, Santa Cruz rose to the occasion. Um, I think the defining thing, unfortunately, is they're going to be the location. I think yeah. if you're talking about this fight happening in think Belfast, that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Past, so yeah. does Frampton get amped up enough? Also, from a coaching perspective, yeah, is he stepping down now, not working with McGuigan anymore? Because we've got to ask you, yeah. what have these guys really done in terms? Of, I'm not saying they have; they're not capable, but I'm just wondering 
is it a slight step down now? So I think that's going to be interesting um, things. One more thing I'll say is yeah. that there's been lots of comments about Framden talking about retirement, how, mm. you know, he's t- he's okay. sparring less. He's okay, thinking how he's, yeah, he's sparring. He used to sort of 250 rounds or yeah. something. And now he does 100, 100 rounds of sparring. Wow. He's, it's he's thinking like more about he's the future, thinking about body the condition. Future. He's thinking about, you know, wanting to get out of boxing and be healthy and in mm. a good position. He wants to get the money fight. So I think when there is a danger that when a fighter starts thinking like that, they could become less hungry. Yeah. And once, you know, when that big fight secured, maybe there's not the same desire as there once was in the very first title. Yeah. Shot. And you know what? You're finding, even as you're saying this, I notice he's got a few lot more sort of corporate strategy endorsements now. So bet yeah. save, is it bet save? Is it or safe bet? One of these yeah. betting firms, obviously the main MTK, JD. So yeah, you've got, you've got you, you're very right there actually. It's that whole, um, is the hunger and desire going to mm. be there? Um, actually in a random one, um, BoxRaw, many of you listeners may be familiar with the uh, boxing brand BoxRaw. They've recently announced that they've done a collaboration with JD Sports. Mm. So their clothings are going to be in JD Sports basically across Europe, actually, and I think in Malaysia. So I think that kind of highlights the rise that boxing is on um, and everybody that's contributing in various different ways um, are beginning to see uh, some success yeah. from, from all of the efforts. I hate it, that is because of Anthony Joshua. There's no... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think it's he's, he's the leading part, definitely in the UK, but I think if you look at the fighters, though, I think we have to say... I think it's really... I think it's a great time for British boxing. I yeah. think without AJ being there, there's no way... Oh, yeah. There's no way you're yeah. seeing... Boxing clothes in JD. Yeah, and I think yeah, I, th- I think you're definitely right on in, in that element. Um, and but to be fair, they do have some decent clothes, and it made sense. So, um, so yeah, no, <laughs> all the best. <laughs> um, no, to be honest, um, I I've got a lot of time for them because I know they put in a lot of work. So yeah, yeah so I'm, I I think it's a massive achievement. JD Sports mm. is a is a yeah. huge brand is so um so that's good for them um so this weekend as you said it's not the most exciting weekends of boxing so yeah. Go and spend I some time with your women. Conlon, the Jamie, Jamie Conlon, Conlon fight, that'll yeah. Be, that'll be quite good. I think the, his opponent's great. Uh, mm. I think he's an exciting fighter and I think Conlon will probably Yeah, be, so Lani Tete's also lose. on that card. I don't know if yeah, he's going to be doing... The perennially shut out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Daryl's on. Daryl Williams is also on the um, on is the card as well. So he's that. defending his belt. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on with him. See the improvements he's making working with the hitman as well. So with Ricky Hatton, that is for those of you that don't know. So no, it's been perfect. So listen, guys, we're gonna wrap up. Um, but thanks again for all those guys that have been downloading uh, last week's show. Make sure you check out this week's show, uh, Baby Miller. <coughs> and say a massive thank you to him, Tom. The uh, usual <coughs> raps on TV. What's that though? Is that the website? Facebook, Instagram, raps on TV. Twitter, YouTube, <laughs> everything, raps everything, on TV. iTunes. Raps on TV all day, every day. So listen, guys, enjoy your weekend. We're out.